Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about trusting your voice. Yes. So we've done episodes before about finding your voice. Uh, probably comes up quite a bit. And and last week's episode sort of inspired a conversation between the two of us this week about uh, how you, you can go even farther into breaking the rules. So last week's episode was, a you know, I, I made a big list of things that um, I do the you know, pretty close to the exact opposite of the conventional wisdom for a bunch of things. But it's all for very, very specific, thoughtful reasons. It's not just because I feel like breaking the rules or, or I think the rule is silly. I think uh, the, the rule or guideline or whatever, uh, rule of thumb, they're all smart and they work, uh, but, they, but they don't work for me for very specific reasons that I'm aware of, you know. But it mostly centered around, the conversation mostly centered around systems, and, you know, the way I do email or podcasts or, or handle my website, things like that. And then you, Rochelle, you were saying it, it sort of occurred to you that there's, a, there's even a deeper level beyond that where it gets into like word choice and how you say things and, you know, the content you create, your whole brand, everything you're putting out there, your whole voice, your voice can be yeah. like, yeah, it's like, it's like I, I definitely let my inner weirdo out in all of those all of those ways like we didn't talk about this last week but but the the words i put in my emails that i write every day are also weird like it's not just the way i publish the email it's it's what i say like really choppy you know short sentences very i, I try not to use any like just 75 cent words big words stuff like that. yeah <laughs> yeah I, it's like a plain english no nonsense boom 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 you know yeah, it's stripped of all the artifice and excess, and it's down to what what you see as essential. Right. And when you put it like that, that's exactly how I would describe the way my website looks, for example. Oh, yeah. Or, right? <laughs> yes. It's, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you know, it, it, it's, what's the word? It's like thorough, you know? It's like at every point, I'm like, uh, I'm just going to do it the way I want to do it, period. So, okay. So, but then that said, there's absolutely, it's, it's not the right, it's not the right way for almost anyone, honestly, like, because I had, I sent her an email talking, talking about the specifics Mm -hmm. and I got, you know, you, you looked at it, you're like, no way I could never do this, you know? (laughs) And I had a bunch of people who responded to the email with, oh yeah, here's how I do it. You might want to, you might want to modify your your approach or here's some other cool things you can do. And every single one of them, I was like, I couldn't do that. No way. No way would that work for me for, for super duper subtle reasons. And, you know, people are recommending applications that only work on iOS. And it's like, that's a deal breaker right there or, or whatever, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And the, the point is that, you know, you and me and people that have their own process and, you know, other people who are it's a, it feels like a stretch to say have found their voice. It's like they found their process or they found their weird way that they get things done. It's almost by definition not going to work for someone else, which is why I almost never talk about it because I know it's not going to work for someone else. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and then you get people going, why would you do that? You should do this. That, that's why sometimes these conversations about tools drive me insane mm-hmm. because it's great to know what tools are, but you have to use what's going to work for you and what you want to get accomplished. And so when somebody will say, oh, God, you did such a great job on that book. What tool did you use? Mm. Like, 
like, who cares? It I doesn't know. matter if I use Word or Scrivener or my iPhone. <laughs> you know, what matters is like, how did I get it like from inside my brain to something that was a published piece? Yeah, yeah, Stephen King's pencil. That's like the story. And and the it, I, here's the thing. I do find it inspiring when I see those sorts of, you know, when folks did send me in like how they, they published their email, for example. I f- if, if it was something I was still struggling with, and didn't have my own system in place, I would be inspired by the weirdness. Like I would be mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, it's just like a really bizarre cobbled together thing that doesn't look like it could possibly work from the outside. So maybe some cobbled together thing that couldn't possibly appear to work will work for me. So it's more like inspiration to help to to um, keep me exploring and tweaking and just fixing the you know, just identifying the little points of friction and, and, and removing them. But it's kind of that, but, but today the, the thing is, it's like, okay, but like when you have all the, that machinery set up, you still, at the end of the day, you still have to say something into the microphone <laughs> or type something into the computer. Yes. And, and the, the weirdness doesn't stop there like that. It's like, keep going, you know, put it into the words and, and consistently across all of the, whatever, you know, wherever you're publishing. Well, yeah, because what we talked about last week essentially was that you're aligning how you work with who you want to work with, mm-hmm. right? And so so you get your systems lined up so that, like in your case, least amount of friction, but a lot of control, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. have a lot of control over what you do um, and, or how you do it. And then it's time to take that into your voice. Right. And I know we talked about like finding your voice and that's a process, but I think there's, there's an, not an exercise, there's, I guess it's another process of learning to trust your voice. Right. And I think that the environment we're all in now, it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there. There's a whole lot of people, you know, you do a tweet and you have, you know, 20 people dive bomb you for something that you said. Right. So, you know, part of this is just learning to trust that your weirdness um, is compatible with other people's weirdness. Like before we were talking about Jonathan and I are compatible weirdos, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> right. We have an overlap in our weirdness, yeah. right? Yeah. And there's, you know, in one of my Slack rooms. So here's the thing. Like, like I think most people imagine that, I shouldn't say most people. When I, when I was younger, but old enough to be in business. So maybe let's say in my late twenties and I was dealing with radio stations to put on live musical events, for example. So, so there was a bunch of people who basically wore suits to work and there's me with like engineer boots and like black jeans and, mm-hmm. and long hair. And, mm-hmm. and I, I remember trying, thinking I need to be professional with these people. And, and that it's not that that's not true, but I, it was definitely, um, uh, it was it wasn't just me emphasizing a uh, an aspect of my personality it was it, it was a little bit beyond that and i wouldn't say i was being phony or anything but i was definitely putting on an act that was i was wearing a mask that was that was not not normal you know and not mm-hmm. comfortable and i would never do now you know it was just like i need to i need to act professional mm-hmm. it was it was very much not i need to be myself in a way that's going to connect with these people that was absolutely not the the vibe yeah yeah i need to act like them for them were they all older than you oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and i was looking for money like sponsorship dollars so 
you know, so I, I obviously, I mean, I could have, I imagine I could have been myself because who was I fooling? I wasn't fooling anyone. <laughs> right. But I imagine that I, I could have had just as much success if I had tried to connect with, find the overlap between our weirdness. I mean, these people work in radio, they got to be kind of weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a weird yeah. job. So uh, anyway, when I, when I uh, coach people, the, the classic example of this, the classic symptom of this is when a soloist uses we on their website and yes. they're trying to pretend, it's like, don't just be yourself, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying you never uh, sort of emphasize different aspects of your personality. Like, you know, I, I don't swear around kids. Maybe I do swear around my brothers, but you know, it's not like I'm acting in, in one of those situations or the other, but it's like pretending is different than than bringing a different aspect of your personality to the forefront so so that's complicated you know getting to the the twitter outrage machine angle you do want to be really thoughtful i think about which aspect of your personality is not quite the right it's like it's like how you want to to show up like what's the best part of you that's going to show up and like be really thoughtful and consistent about it and, and when I say consistent, I mean aligned. And Consistently just tr- aligned. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, consistent can sound like, you know, like every day at nine. But like, I mean, I mean, like everything's in alignment. And it's, it's so, you know, I, can't, I don't know, I can't put a percentage on it, but it's surprising. It always surprises me when someone reveals this like weirdness and a whole bunch of other people are like, yeah, yeah, I thought I was the only one or, yes. you know, like the story about the guy in my slack room who was like hey does anybody want to play dnd and i was like i love dnd i was i was like it was a daily multiple hours per day activity for me in junior high school but when i saw Dungeons this I was like, and dragons for those yeah. who have never heard of yeah. this oh sorry yeah see that's the right <laughs> and uh he didn't even say dungeons and dragons he just said dnd right and and i was like oh man there's not going to be anybody and then bloop 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 like 10 people were like i'm in could, do you want me to DM? You know, it, it was like, I was shocked. It was like, I was shocked and I wasn't shocked. Like it was a popular thing to do and apparently still is. But all these people are like 20 years younger than me. So I was like, I was really surprised. But the, I mean, it just goes to show you, like I, there was probably a way where a musician, you know, me in my 20s could have connected with people who worked at a radio station who must love music in a way that wasn't me pretending, you know, wearing like my dad's tie into a yes. into a meeting, you know. Yes. And trusting that 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 existed, that that overlap and that connection could have existed. Well, the the word that came to mind as you were saying this was code. And because D&D is it's a code. Like if you don't know what Dungeons and Dragons are, you just ignore it. Yeah. But for other people, it's a code. Um or it could be a dog whistle. Yep. Um, it's this idea that your people will know what it is mm-hmm. and they'll come to you. And so when you can find a way to talk in, in a code that your audience recognizes that isn't, you know, I don't want to say it's not weird because weird is actually good, um, but that is very intentional, right? It's yeah. not that you're doing it to just sound cool, or sound like you're in the know with whatever lingo your audience is using, but you're using it because that's the way you speak and think. Mm-hmm. Like that guy that did that, it would probably never occur to him to write Dungeons and Dragons, just like it didn't occur to you to say it. 
Like, yeah, why I don't would even you? know if I could spell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was amazed I knew what D&D was, but I was like, yeah, okay, I know what that is. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not about being outrageous for the sake of being outrageous. No. It's more about it's more about trusting that if you, you know, you're trusting that your authenticity is going to probably be the thing that gra- that connects other people to you, right? So it's like that's, you, yeah. Yeah. It, at the end of the day that that is it. I mean, it's that's what people respond to. And when you're faking it, you know, the fake it till you make it, people see it. Mm. It's I mean, you, it's really hard. And you know, the Example I see more often than you might think in Twitter is you'll have somebody who's like build kind of building their brand and they're commenting on something and you're following them along and they're like, oh man, this is great. And it's it's consistent and and it's consistently authentic and you like it. And then there's something that comes out of left field. Maybe the person is like this really encouraging type and then all of a sudden they come down hard on yeah. somebody and you see it and there's this dissonance that happens and what what we don't realize as we're doing this is that your audience picks that up and so if that was just a one-time thing you know as long as it wasn't like some crazy thing your yeah. audience is going to forget about it because you're going to go back to being consistently you but if you go off in into some kind of a rabbit hole like let's say i don't know you you were on a an airplane and you had this terrible experience and you just keep writing about it and you you say united airlines you did this wrong you know hertz rental car you did this wrong and you're kind of like i don't want to listen to this yes. i don't care about this so it's it's being authentic and staying in that voice that's that's why it's the only way to do it because you can't keep up something that isn't authentic for very long it's too hard yeah, yeah it's like i think it was mark twain that said uh the best part about telling the truth is you don't have to remember what you said yeah <laughs> it's, like, right? it's a whole lot easier yeah it's yeah if, if you just stick to what's true and uh, it's it is complicated we, when we had joe pine on we talked about roles and and he talks about that a lot in uh, uh his book uh the not the passion economy the experience economy experience and it's it's a thing, but it's not an act. It's it's like you're bringing like I'm a particular way. Like there's no way I'm the exact same in my house as I am on my email. You know what I mean? Like my kids have a different mm-hmm. experience of me. It, surely, if they read my email, and sometimes they hear my podcast, they they wouldn't be like, "Who's that?" You know, it's obviously mm-hmm. there's the same person. It's dad. If, yeah, it's and it wouldn't sound like it's like de- you know, it's the eye rolling version of dad like, "Oh my god, would he shut up?" And, <laughs> right? But they know it's me. It doesn't it's not going to create any cognitive dissonance between their experience of me in real life. But the experience of me in real life is it sounds dumb to say it, but it's like obviously way more complicated and nuanced and uh because it's just always on. So there's mm-hmm. different things, you know, so I don't bring all of that to like a recording like this or to an email that wouldn't it wouldn't make sense it, it would be right. useless information but but yeah you're gonna you're gonna be a, a way in a place so like you're you know if you went to a movie theater you'd be a particular way if you went to like a raucous nightclub you'd be a particular way it's all you but you're gonna be doing you know you're gonna be emphasizing different things anyway the point i guess the point is so in these places like your website or social media or your podcast or someone else's podcast it takes a lot of, I think it takes a lot of thought 
to be, well, this is redundant, but it's, you need to be really thoughtful about what you're going to bring to those spaces. And then when you, you're confident that you've got it, it feels right. You're getting good feedback about it. You're attracting your compatible weirdos. Then, (laughs) then it's, it's like, okay, trust this. And then even if you, and I would, I'm at a point where if I went on somebody's show and they were, and it was sort of like out of left field and it wasn't the way I expected it to be. And the person was really, I don't know, not aggressive or anything, but, but just a bad fit, like a person who I have a hard time talking to. I wouldn't, I don't think I would try and, I mean, I would try and still have a good show, but, but you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I wouldn't like let them bait me into uh, a way I know I don't want to be. If you, yeah, you play your game, your style. That is a perfect way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting with podcasts because every podcast has its own kind of culture mm-hmm. and how, and this, this is why you always want to give some a listen before you say yes. Um, <laughs> but you, you get a sense for, you know, what's the, how does the podcast or the host look at their guests? How do they treat them? What are they interested in? What does their audience care about? Um, you know, and stylistically, it's just, are they a match? And, and, you know, most of podcasts will be a match for you. If they're asking you to come on, chances are yeah. reasonably good that there's a match. But there right. may be some that, you know, you just go, you know what? I don't buy into their worldview. I just, I don't want to go there. Yeah. I, I, I'm struggling to think of an example, but I did. I actually did think of one where it was, it was a, like right out of the gate, I should have known it wasn't going to work because they wanted to have like, like back and forth, a lot of back and forth over email and like set up a meeting before I came on a show. I'm like, oh, um, I just, hate those. Right. And <laughs> we just turn the mic on and go. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, I was like, it'll be fine. Like, it'll be fine. Don't worry. And uh, but so there's all all of this back and forth. And I was like, yeah. And and then it and then it got into um it was a software, it was, it was like a software company. It wasn't, it's kind of complicated, but they, they had a product and part of the product included like time tracking and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm oversimplifying it, but, uh, they were like, yeah, okay. Um, could we tone down the hourly billing is nuts stuff a little bit? (laughs) Do you know what I'm preaching? Right. If I could have like slammed a phone receiver down, I would have, but I was just like, yeah, I don't think this is going to work. I literally couldn't tone down the hourly billing is not stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, oh. Yeah. That's so there's sometimes, one. sometimes your, your inner weirdo is going to kind of preclude you being involved in certain things, but it doesn't, it's, it's much more common in my experience for the opposite to be true where people are like, it resonates with them. It's just like, yeah, I, I thought it was just me. Right. It's like we talked to yes. Pia Silva and she's just like herself. Um, Dre Beltrami herself. I don't think she came on this show. She might have been on my show, but no, just should. totally herself. I've had a couple of a couple of people on. I, I I'm uh, I have so like like some since there's no <laughs> there's no approval process for ditching hourly. I have some like really fringe. <laughs> I have fringe people on. Not that Dre's fringe, but but they're you know people that swear a lot and and things uh-huh. like that. So um, that stuff. It, it does what you think it would do. It polarizes people, not in a super duper Twitter political way, but it just polarizes people where immediately they're like, that person would never work for me. The same way I look at someone else's daily publishing system and I'm like, that would never work for me. Yeah. So when someone does come along to get back to your point about aligning everything about how you want to work and who you want to work with, the how you want to work is all that process stuff in the machine that you build. But the who you want to work with 
that machine is all like your voice, you know, your, your confident yes. voice that you're putting out consistently across or in alignment across all of your platforms, whatever they might be. And that's going to push away people that are like, ah, he's too edgy or, you know, whatever. And, and, and it's going to attract the ones who know what D and D means or you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's interesting. I've been playing with this with, um, I I've been designing this, um, program for women and I've never done anything just for women. And I had this fear about it. And I, the fear is because when I, whenever I did research, I would find all of these programs and, you know, so I started to coalesce how mine would be different. Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking, because I don't see one like this, maybe nobody else wants this kind of thing. So for example, uh, no matching necklaces. Okay, what? we're not going to do matching necklaces. <laughs> what? That's a thing? Yes. It's a thing. And one of them, yeah, that's part of the thing is to get this special necklace that the founder wears. And you, if you buy up high enough, you can get a replica of that. Um, you know, cool. no cute little names. <laughs> I know. I know. But this is the kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And no cute uh -huh. little names. Like, Girl Boss has been very popular. And the woman who loves it, or who designed it, I think is great. But I hate that term. Mm. I just hate Girl Boss. I just hate it with a passion. Mm. And, um, and then uh, No Damsel Drama. By the way, thank you, Geraldine Carter. That's a quote from her. I just love that. No Damsel <laughs> Drama. <laughs> Uh, no pink ghetto. I mean, yeah. these are the things that, you know, that I've noticed, but there were also feedback that I got from women that I interviewed and said, what would you be interested in? And these are women who who know me on some level or follow me or, or, or you know, we know them, uh, we know each other more deeply, but it's like, what would you want? And then these women want the same thing I do. And I'm like, Oh my God, we're compatibly weird. <laughs> so, you know, the question is, you know, how many people are there that fall into that category? Well, we'll figure that out. Mm -hmm. But the thing that was so energizing as I was doing this is I'm not alone in what I look for. I just haven't seen it yet. That is okay. So imagine you want, imagine you know, yourself, dear listener, on, on either side of the table. So like you're, you're in one regard, you're a business owner and you're sort of trying to reach an audience. You're trying to get clients. You're trying to help clients. So, but then in other cases, you're looking for something. You're the consumer, let's say you're the client um, or the customer. And you, don't you want that same kind of thing from the, from the air quotes brands that you patronize? Don't you want that? Don't you want them to be less generic yeah less generic mm -hmm. more real more thoughtful more authentic like don't you want that from them and they're probably scared to do it for all the reasons that mm -hmm. that you're scared to do it but that is what you want so if you imagine that i don't want to say all you need to do but it sure does help if you do what you wish those brands would do for you and you kind of i hate to say just be yourself but but find that thing that's unique and different about you projected into the world like a beacon like you're seeing right now it's like what if what if there was a thing for women that wasn't all these other things that we see didn't have these characteristics of all these other things that i see and put you know you just sort of like you're a beacon and then you see if any ships come and and wow they do Ooh. imagine that yeah 
you know Beacon it's like they're out ships, there in the I dark like that. yeah it's like a lighthouse you're just like it's like you turn on this light and then sh- these ships that are like nah i don't like that light i don't like that light i don't like that like ooh <laughs> what about that one and they get attracted to it yeah it's and, it and it's, kind of it's empowering it does sound simple but it's empowering in both directions and I usually don't like that word empower because empower, but empower, I believe empower comes only from the self. Somebody else can't empower you. You empower yourself. And that's what I'm talking about here. You empower yourself to put your voice out there. And somebody else that's hearing it is like, that's what I need to do whatever this next thing is that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And um, especially with with brands. I mean, it, and we are brands. If, yeah. if you just, I, I, I like your idea of applying the experience with your favorite or not favorite brands and think about how you position yourself relative to that. In fact, I just had a lengthy email correspondence yesterday with a brand and it's a brand that is a high-end uh, resale brand for furniture. And the delivery process, so so I sell on this website, and the delivery process where somebody comes to pick up your very expensive piece of furniture to sell it to someone else is deeply flawed. Mm. It is so out of alignment with their brand, I couldn't even tell you. Mm. And so I actually, I actually did screenshots of text messages so they could see. I was trying to explain to them, which is hard with customer service. It's not like I was talking to the CEO, but I was trying to explain to them this disconnect between those two things. And I still really like the brand. We'll work through this. I mean, I'm not going to dump them, but it's that alignment. And it's what makes customers and, of course, clients so crazy because you think you're getting this one thing and then the experience of it is something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, not to invoke Joe Pine again, but he he talks about this idea of you know he works with big huge companies, and but he's like he's like your employees are always on stage. There's no off stage, mm-hmm. even if they're not working. If they're wearing your shirt or something and they're at a Target, like they're on stage, you know, waiting to waiting before their shift to get behind the bar. They're on stage. And, and every, every customer touch point, like you're saying, is a chance for you to deepen or weaken the brand. And if this is, yes. go, go ahead. Yes. No, I, 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 I had another experience. It was exactly that. And it was FreshBooks. We had a problem. And they had a person, and she literally was on stage. She said, could we get on a Zoom call? And I was kind of like, I don't want to get on a Zoom call. But I did. She was amazing. You know, it took 45 minutes to an hour. She fixed everything that nobody else could seem to fix. Wow. And she was, it was magical. And I think it was eight o'clock at night, her time. I think it was even a Friday. I can't remember for sure, but it was late. It was a Thursday or a Friday. And she was just so helpful in a very realistic way. It wasn't, and she was in her home. It's not like she was in an office somewhere. I was so blown away by that. It was mm. such a great experience, even though it was for, you know, it was because of a of a, a deep error in, in the system, but mm-hmm. they fixed it. Yeah. They were yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, that opens up a whole can of worms and, and tons of stories. Um, but, but to keep it, like I'm trying not to tell a story about just getting my Apple keyboard fixed, which was a stellar experience. <laughs> but um, the, the thing that's happening 
to me right now that's more realistic for our listeners because they don't have like a hundred thousand customer service people is all the little all the little things that your platforms do for you and this is why i do, this is why i am slowly taking all of the the big monolithic platform systems out of my workflow is because there's certain things they just don't do or there's certain things they just don't do right for someone like me mm. Mm-hmm. And an example is right now, I just got an email from someone like yesterday that, you know, they're in a, they're in a three month free trial of my group coaching. So they get a hundred percent off coupon. It lasts for three months. And it, that was about, they, we did that about a month ago and he emailed me and he said, yeah, I just wanted to double check. I got an email that said my card's going to be charged in three days. It's only been a month. And <laughs> I was like, that's weird. So I, you know, I reached out to the to customer service and they were like, yeah, the, even though it's, it, they're going to, an invoice for $0 is going to be created. So that notification goes out anyway. Oh. And I was like, okay, so I have like 50 people that now think that I'm going to charge their credit card after a month instead of yeah. three months, like I promised. Yeah. Bait and switch is what it's going to feel like. Yeah, it feels like. Right. And so I'm like, God, I'm just going to like turn off all payment notifications for the next three months because that's the only workaround. So it's like, hmm, you know, this, this, my year of automation, one of the, one of the (laughs) things on the chopping block, and it's a massive amount of work. And I would never recommend someone do this as a first step. But, you know, six years later or however long I've been doing this, it's time to like take control of all my email communications. And, you know, especially the daily list, but also when someone just bought their very first thing from you and they, 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 their level of trust finally exceeded the threshold needed to take a risk on someone and, you know, buy a PDF from some maniac on the internet. And then they get this like awful email from like drip or from like moon clerk or wherever. Like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, it's not my fault. That's just the way Drip does it, or that's just the way no. Mark does it. You know, mm. I, yeah, I wouldn't worry about that stuff as a first step, especially for the developers in the crowd, because you just end up rebuilding, you know, building the whole universe <laughs> from scratch. That doesn't make sense. But but certainly there's a point where you've got everything else dialed in, and you can kind of like start checking off these other boxes. Invoice is another one that it's been a, a thorn in my side that I'm going to get fixed. But anyway, the point is. That's why I'm not on a lot of platforms because it drives me crazy because I'm, there isn't a platform out there that's weird like me. So there's just not one out there. They all do something deal breaking. Uh, A lot of them do, do at least one thing that's a total deal breaker. And then a lot of other ones, the ones I generally like are really simple. They just do one or two things really well and they just kind of stay out of the way. So, you know, if anybody out there, if any software developer out there wants to build some platform that barely does anything, I'll be the first person to buy it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it that's it's the age old challenge, right? Do do you buy into a system and you know, and their month usually they're SaaS, so you're paying a monthly fee. Um, and when you go into that system, I think developers are going to be more savvy about this. But for the non-developers in the audience, and I include myself in that, it takes some savvy to figure out what you're buying into. Like, are you limiting yourself later if you go yeah. into whatever this system is? Right. And what are the downsides? Like with with email, it's 
fairly simple to move from one to another. And when I say fairly simple, if you're not a developer, you can hire somebody to do it. I mean, I did my own in about half an hour. I mean, it was pretty simple. Um, But it's, it's really important to understand what you're buying into. What are the limitations? Mm -hmm. And then when you get in there, I mean, I'm not sure if this is, this is kind of a, an adjacent topic, but once you get in there, all of the touch points that that platform, you know, all all the points at which that platform interacts with your customers, like that's worth taking a look at, you know, so whatever the notifications are or the receipts or the, the weekly summaries or whatever the platform does, it's like, that's you, as far as they're concerned, that's you. Yes. You know, Erica has been very disappointed with Amazon lately because they've got so many uh, third-party sellers and the there's just no consistency whatsoever. It's like, oh, that'll be there in two days. And then five days later, you get an email that the, the order was canceled. And it's like, like Ooh. I don't, it's Amazon. Like, even though right. Amazon will say, oh, well, that's, that's a marketplace seller. We have no control over that. It's like, no, this is our prime account. It's Amazon. And that, that's on you. So for for people who run a solo consultancy and maybe not a company like Amazon, those little points, all those places, your voice is being communicated uh, probably in a lot of places uh, that you might not love, <laughs> like the way that it's being done. So yeah. anyway, a little a little bit off topic with the trust your voice, but but it is that true. is your voice. Yeah, that that's is. your voice. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. even when it doesn't feel like your voice is still your voice, anything that they receive that's got your name on it is that's your voice right yeah so go every you know not to yeah i guess dre beltrami is a hilarious example because she just like swears like a sailor and (laughs) and is constantly talking about drinking and you know i guarantee her if you bought something from her i guarantee the receipt would would have swears in it which is like (laughs) if it didn't like i'd be disappointed Oh, yeah. That's a classic example. And I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with her, but I I just picture like getting something goes, thank you so much for your business. We so appreciate it. And you could hear it going, are you mm, mm, crazy? (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it it, it just boils back to, you know, you got to find and hone and refine your voice. You know, there's a stage where you're not sure what it is or you don't trust you don't trust it yet. I wonder if that, yeah. do you think that's what it is? Does everyone kind of know their voice and they it's there, but they just don't trust it? Or do you think there is a an exploratory it's, phase? I think it's both. I think there's an exploratory phase. Um, and I'm just going to be really general about this because there are people who found their voice like at birth. Mm. But I think a lot of us explore voice in our 20s because we're still like figuring out what we want to do and how we want to do it. So there's a lot of that exploration. And I think generally speaking, once you get into your 30s, you're more more confident, more comfortable with expressing who you are. I think people tend to start to um, to really find and hone their voice. And then I think the trusting part, it, and I don't want to compare this to age, I think the trusting part is when you get to the point where it's almost like the opposite of imposter syndrome. You trust that you have something to say. Yep. And that's really what it is. And I know in, I look at my own journey and I, you know, the longer I get into this journey, the more I have to say. Um, and the more I trust, <laughs> yeah, the more I trust my worldview. It doesn't mean that it's correct in quotes, but it's what I believe. 
to be true. Mm. It's what I, it's how I want to spend my time communicating um, with people. So yeah, I do, I do believe that there's a process with that. Mm. I love that opposite of imposter syndrome. That's, that's perfect. That's exactly it. Cause it's like, yeah, it's kind of a mic drop. Uh, I love that. Well, what do you say after a mic drop? (laughs) 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 Boom. I think that's the word. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I was thinking about like when I was in my twenties and I, you know, I worked for a big consulting firm and I didn't come from a family that knew how to be in business or that knew how to be sophisticated. I mean, I grew up in a small town in the middle of nowhere. What did I know? And so I, I know, I felt like I was wearing a mask. I really did. And I, I had the most perfect little suits, not the bow ties, but I had the perfect little suits. I had, you know, I had the shoes. If you look at pictures of me from that era, I had helmet hair because I wanted to look older. I wanted to be like the successful person. And eventually, like all that changed. And I I was thinking, I compared it being that way and trying to be perfect in an environment that I, you know, I kind of wasn't sure I was good enough for is then I compare that to when I sold, you know, left there, built a firm and sold that firm to Arthur Anderson. I still remember strolling into Arthur Anderson in a pair of flesh colored fishnets and leopard high heels (laughs) for my my talk with the the final partner that had to approve the deal. So yeah, there was an evolution. (laughs) And I love to see pictures of the two next to each other. I mean, it's just total evolution. And I think I think we all go through that in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, I'm, I'm like, I'm just, it's, I'm so tempted to be like, so just do this. But this is, this is a, a more of a long-term thing. It's like a, it's like a, an iterative process where you're spiraling into the center of a target. It's like, yes. it's not like, it's not like, you know, throwing a dart, throwing a dart, throwing a dart, bullseye. It's like, no, it's more like circling the bowl <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> and you're, you're going into that gravitational pull in the center where where you're just going to get more and more you and the the crazy thing about yeah. the, and like there's something that you know certainly when I was younger it does seem to have something to do with life experience but but you're right it's not always that way that it just it's almost like you do an iteration and you're more you and and you get better clients just a little bit better but mm-hmm. you notice it and then yep. you do another iteration you're a little bit closer to you and then it's like whoa I can't believe these people even exist and they want to work with me. And then another iteration. Yeah. It's almost like this this virtuous cycle where it's reinforcing that it's reinforcing that being more yourself will work. So you trust it more and then you look more and you look for places where you can realign things so that they're, you know, they're all all projecting the same reality. Well, you you learn where the nose are too. I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, more than a few clients have come to me and said, okay, I've been doing this for this amount of time and I have this client and this is my dream client. And they didn't realize until they got one. Mm-hmm. They're like this, I want my, I want more of these yeah. and I want fewer of those. And it's sometimes that's how it happens is you just, this dream client lands in your lap and you're like, 
I never knew it could be like this. <laughs> and so, and so right. that's when you can get really intentional about how do I find more people like that? And of course, you know, we've talked about this probably ad nauseum, but part of that is learning to say no to the people who are not that, mm-hmm. right? You know, again, assuming this, you know, dream client that you have is not a unicorn. And they usually aren't. They usually aren't. They usually aren't. Yeah. Mm. All right. Speaking of ad nauseum, (laughs) this should be the name of the show. Um, Is there anything we could add, you know, to this? I feel like like it's one of those things that doesn't lend itself well to tactical discussion. Maybe there's there's some life coach out there that's got a a five-step process for finding your real you or something. (laughs) But... (laughs) Uh, you know, maybe, but uh, I, I don't feel like t- it's it's one of those things where you kind of have to find it for yourself. Like my email process and everybody else sending in their email and like definitely wouldn't work for me. It's kind of like, it also reminds me of when, when folks are, I'm talking to client, you know, customers or, or students and I'm like, you know, you really, you're at a phase where you need to optimize for conversation with people in this prospective target market. So mm-hmm. you just need to need to do everything everything that you do is going to be around having conversations either in linkedin dms or on a zoom call or asynchronously in twitter or something some some kind of conversation so you can start to understand where they're coming from and and that's as far as i can take it because then the then it almost it almost always comes up when i'm counseling someone in this way that they're like but what do i say Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this is a, here's an icebreaker or here's a, an opener, but I can't tell you what to say. <laughs> like it, it feels, this feels like one of those things. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's voice, right? I can't tell you what to say. So, so you just have to be curious in that, in that scenario, you have to actually be curious about the other person and ask them questions. And it's like, it's like in, in this subject for today, the, there's just no silver bullet. You just kind of have to, and there's, it's like one of those things that's frustrating because I, I would love to be able to say, go like this and it'll work. But that would be me putting my words in your mouth. And this is one of those things you kind of have to figure out on your own at a certain point. Really what you're looking for at its core is the one thing that no one else can replicate. That oh, you yes. Do. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. It feels so obvious, but we did not say that. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's the ultimate differentiator. Well, yeah, and not to plug my book, but there is a thing in the workbook, right? So if you buy the book and you can download the workbook for free, there's a thing in there that walks you through how to find what those things are. Because one of the things that happens to all of us is we think that the things that come so naturally to us are easy for everybody else. Mm-hmm. But guess what? They're not. That thing that comes so naturally to you that it's like breathing may be the hardest thing somebody else has to do. Yeah. That's right. just how it is. Yeah. And so finding that and valuing that is what allows you to start to trust your voice. All right, good. I, I always feel uncomfortable if we can't give someone some kind of tactical action, some step mm-hmm. to take if they want to kind of go further into whatever we're jabbering about this week. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is exciting stuff. I mean, it really is because you get to uh, decide what you're going to do next. How are you going to serve these people? How are you going to make a mark on, you know, this audience, this, uh, this group of people that you care so much about? Yeah, it's like, 
I mean, like, how cool does it sound? Be yourself for fun and profit. (laughs) (laughs) Right? No competition. No one else can be you. Yeah. You just have to get that voice out of your head, right? (laughs) You just have to step into it. Yeah. Get that I need to appear professional voice out of your head. Oh, please. Yes. No helmet hair for you. (laughs) I feel like we could probably come up with six different kinds of merch from this episode. I can picture the helmet hair pin right now. (laughs) I'll send you a picture afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right. We'll stick a fork in it with that. uh, That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.